Houston Rallies is a movement created by the Lee Group, a Houston-based advertising agency, to help make a difference for the many other small businesses that are the heartbeat of our city. The Lee Group fully understands the struggles and trials involved with running a small business in one of the most competitive markets in the world. The Houston Rallies podcast, created in partnership with Radio Lounge, is a hub of information and inspiring stories directly from the small business owners that make Houston the great city that we all call home. From interviews with movers and shakers to thought pieces on best practices for advertising your business's specific services, Houston Rallies is your destination for advertising insight and inspirational ideas. Hi, I'm Angela Selak. And I'm Cindy Kaplan, and we're Hollywood Resumes. And you are listening to Houston Rallies. Hey, this is Mark Pereira with the Lee Group Advertising. Thanks for joining us on the Houston Rallies podcast today. Today on the podcast, we're very excited to have the co-founders of Hollywood Resumes with us, Angela Selak and Cindy Kaplan. Hollywood Resumes is a resume writing and career services firm that caters to the entertainment industry, um, but it also has applications across all sorts of different industries. Um, So Angela and Cindy, we are super excited to have you today. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. We're excited to be here. Thanks for having us. Um, And y'all are calling in from all the way from California, right? We are. Yeah. Are y'all in the same city or are y'all in different cities? Same city, different houses, obviously. Right. Yeah. Um, And how are things going in California with all of the pandemic and everything? Are y'all, I mean, are y'all quarantining at home? What What are you doing there? We are all quarantining at home. Um, Not too much is open right now. Um, It's definitely been interesting business-wise. I think it's slowed down a little bit for everybody because I think nobody's not, a lot of companies are not hiring at the moment. Um, So we've gotten a little bit of a break lately, but um, yeah, not, not too much is going on. Yeah. And, um, and y'all are obviously in the entertainment industry. Are y'all still, are you able to work from home? Are you able to do the jobs that you do remotely? Luckily, yeah, we're both very fortunate that we can work from home, both in our full-time jobs in the entertainment industry and for Hollywood resumes. Uh, but a lot of people are struggling because a lot of productions have shut down and you can't, uh, for the most part, produce a show from home. I know some people are finding creative ways to do that, but a lot of production has shut down. So we're hearing from our clients that uh, it's a, a bit of a struggle. Yeah, I'm interested to see as you know, big major Hollywood productions go back into production. I know Jurassic World, the third one, just started resumed photography, uh, resumed filming again, and they spent five million dollars on precautions alone. So I'm interested to see not just in the entertainment industry, but across the board, what happens because it's. I feel like it's a whole new world out there. Yeah, it, it really is. It's it's going to be tough across all sectors as people figure out, you know, what's going to make people safe, what can be done remotely, what absolutely can't. Um, I think people are going to be rethinking a lot of how they work and what productivity means. And it's going to be expensive. I know for, you know, Hollywood productions, just having people be tested every day or every couple of days, that's, that's very costly. They're creating new positions like COVID compliance officer on set and things like that. So there's a lot happening. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, Okay, so let's talk about Hollywood Resumes. How, what is Hollywood Resumes in your words? How did it get started? Talk us through that. 
Well, we are a resume writing and career services business that targets the entertainment industry. Um, So we started back in 2016. Uh, Cindy and I had kind of become the go-to resume writers for a lot of our friends. And over time, as we were moving forward in our careers in Hollywood, we've been hiring a lot of people at our companies and we're noticing how poorly many of the resumes and cover letters were coming in and that people just don't really know how to present themselves for the jobs they want. And so we've decided, you know, maybe there's a market for this. And so we started the the company and we were initially targeting just entry level applicants. We thought that's where people needed the most help. And we very quickly learned that that was not the case and had to expand our services. So now we serve people at all levels in all parts of the industry. That's great. And how did the two of you meet? We met as interns back in 2010. We were working at a reality production company and then we actually worked together at another company the following year as a full-time capacity. Um, and we've been friends ever since and then decided to become business partners. We love working together. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> Helpful. It would be hard to do if you didn't like working together. <laughs> yeah. Um, I see from your website that you also offer workshops and you also don't, I mean, I know you started out focusing on the entertainment industry, but you've kind of branched out since then. So talk a little bit about your other services that you provide. Sure. So we've led workshops for a number of different organizations, some industry specific, others uh, just on a wider career level, both for our um, universities. Um, We've done some nonprofits. We've worked with different Hollywood organizations and we offer workshops on a range of topics like how to nail a job interview, the job search process, networking, just resume basics. We also offer a class that's very focused on Hollywood assistant training. Um, and that's been a lot of fun also because there's beyond having a great resume, there are just so many other tricks of the trade that you need to know in order to get a, a good job. And specifically in Hollywood, you know, when you're starting out, you start as an assistant, which is sort of like being a secretary. And it's totally unrelated to any of the tasks that you're going to do at any of your jobs beyond assistant. So it's kind of weird and, you know, unexpected that you're going to have to learn how to answer the phones and do manage calendars and the very Hollywood specific way of doing that. So that's one of those classes that we've started and we hope to launch more in the future. Yeah. And one of the things um, I was listening to, to some of the, the things that y'all do, and it's not just applicable for the entertainment industry, there was something you were talking about in sending emails and who you CC first matters. And I've learned that in advertising as an account executive, I've learned that the hard way because I have offended people by not CCing them first. And I'm like, what does it even matter? It's a (laughs) carbon copy, but apparently it really does. Yeah, it's one of those Funny things, depending on the company culture and the industry culture, people get really offended. Um, some people see CCs as, you know, this isn't relevant to me. Uh, so if you don't put them in the two line, you're not going to get that response. Um, other people just have a hierarchy about it. But it's one of those funny things that you learn that you pick up and that no one talks about. You don't learn that in college, you know, preparing for a, a career and someone tells you, be careful about who you CC in what order. Uh, that's what we're here for. And I've learned, this is probably not something that you teach people who you help, uh, but I've learned that if you want to be petty, that CC line really comes in handy as well, too. (laughs) (laughs) It does. (laughs) 
Um, so one of the things I love about Hollywood resumes is that because I've been following y'all since y'all started and and y'all use in your um, in your social media and in your promotions, there's always a dog in what you use. And at first, because Angela and I have been friends since we were tiny kids. Um, and at first I thought that's so Angela. <laughs> but when I pressed y'all about that before when we were doing prep for this for this interview, there's such a strategic reason for that. And it's just so brilliant. So will y'all talk about that a little bit? So it was kind of funny when we were first building our website, both of us love dogs and are obsessed with dogs. And so we almost put it on our website, oh, we're dog lovers. And then we thought, wait, this is weird because we're a professional services company. Maybe we shouldn't be silly. But then we thought about Facebook and we, you know, we were creating our Facebook page and how do we market ourselves on Facebook? And we create, we send out a weekly newsletter every Wednesday and we put it on our blog on Fridays and we wanted to put it on our Facebook. And the first time we did, I created a picture that kind of looked like the newsletter. And then I thought, well, that's not going to really work after this. What else can we do? It's not the most visual type of a company resume writing. And so we thought, well, we love dogs. People love dogs. Why don't we put a dog with a resume or a computer or something related to our topic every week? And we think people will love that. And they have. And people volunteer to send their dog pictures over. For, at one point, we had partnered with a rescue and we were putting up rescue dogs with computers and coffee mugs and things that are office related. Um, so it's just been kind of a fun thing that we feel like people engage with um, in a different kind of a way. I feel like that's so important for any any company, any any business to, it's always a fine line to, you want to show your personality and you want to give them something to remember you by, but you also want to be professional. Um, but then you took that and you leveraged that into something where you did some good with it as well. And now you're kind of known for it. And there was a strategic reason behind it. I just thought that was that, that blew my mind. That was pretty brilliant on y'all's part. So <laughs> Thank kudos you. on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cindy, one of the things I heard from Angela um, in when she was doing another podcast um, is that you don't work from sundown on Friday until Saturday evening. And this is something that you've been very passionate about in your entire career. And one of the hardest things I've had to learn in my career is establishing boundaries, especially as I get older and I now have kids and there's other things that I want to pursue. And it's it's been very difficult for me, especially in my job. Account service people are such yes men to the clients um, that you would never tell a client, I can't be there. I've got to do this thing or whatever. And so I just I was so impressed by that. So if you could talk a little bit about that and and how do you navigate sticking to your principles, but also showing dedication to your career? Sure. It's a great question. Um so it's a religious observance. I observe the Jewish Sabbath, and it's something I've done my whole life. It's baked into who I am as a person and uh, just how I want to live my life. And I've come up against some pushback. There have, jo- there have been jobs that I've not gotten uh, when they found out I was a Sabbath observer. Um, there was one I know for a fact. Um, we were in the interview. I was basically offered the position and the interviewer was talking to me about where we should set up the office so that it would be conveniently located. And he looks at my address and saw, oh, you live in a predominantly Orthodox Jewish neighborhood. And then he saw that I went to Brandeis University, which is a university that is very steeped in like Jewish cultural roots. And he saw that and he said, what's your deal with the Sabbath? And I 
told him the truth. And mm -hmm. he, the whole tone of the interview changed. Um, and then the next day I found out that I was not hired due to some kind of scheduling conflict, which is a form of discrimination, but that's really not the point. But it was very, um, it was very hard because that would have been a really great job for me to take my career in a certain direction. And I had to live with the fact that I had made this other personal choice. Um, but on the flip side, there have been people who've been really open about it, really flexible about it. Um, my first boss in the industry was actually a Seventh-day Adventist. So it was something that we could bond over. We had two different religions and we still had the same principle. Um, and what I found is that if I'm honest about what my life looks like and if I'm dedicated to the work that I do all the other days of the week, um, then my performance can speak for itself and people really understand that I'm genuine about it. I think it's when you start to to take little bits of leeway. If there was a weekend when I said, you know, this weekend I'm not going to observe the Sabbath, no one would take me seriously the next time right. I wanted to. So it's very important to stay true and say, this is who I am. And I, I personally believe that as much as we dedicate so much of our, our business and our time to work life, um, your life should be, you, you should be working to support your personal life. You shouldn't be changing your whole life for your career, for your work, that's not going to make you happy. So for me, it's been about finding people, finding companies that respect who I am as a person and let me live the life I want to live and not have to change myself um, in order to bend for something like that. And so I think whatever your personal circumstances, weigh that against the job opportunity. If someone's going to not let you do the things you need to do in your life, maybe it's not worth working there. Because at the end of the day, why are you working? What's the, what's the goal? Is it to, to service your personal life or is it the only thing that you want? Yeah, I think that's, I think that's so wise. And I think that's something that's so hard to do as a young person starting out in any, any industry. I feel like you're told so much when you're first starting out, you just need to bend over backwards and do whatever they want you to do if you want to get that job. And, and it's, it's, it's obviously easier as you have more experience, you can start laying some boundaries and stuff. But even in the beginning, I feel like that's just impressive. Um, yeah. Was it was really actually, good. it was actually a question that I was asked specifically um, as an intern. I was asked, is this something you're sticking to? Because it's going to take you a lot longer to find a job. And I said, it is. And the person said, I respect that. And so if you're open to the fact that it's going to take you longer to find a job, you do you. And it was one of those really positive conversations. I was terrified to tell him the truth. Um, but I, mm -hmm. but I did and it was well received. Um, yeah. And really at the end of the day, what we're talking about here is like two hours on a Friday that you're not really I'm like, isn't that what we're talking about? It's sundown well, on Friday. Right. So. Right. It's, it's sundown on Friday in the winter because right now sundown on Friday is at 7 45 PM and like okay, okay. in so some jobs you're working. So it's like a few months out of the year, but, right. um, a lot of jobs in Hollywood are, are 24 hours a day. They sure. sometimes as an assistant, that's what you're expected. You're expected to be on call all the time. Sure. Um, and so if you lose 24 hours, you know, that's, you know, stressful for people. Deal. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I think, I think it's the big takeaway there is, is you, you have to, regardless of where you are in your career, regardless of what you're trying to do, get a job or get a promotion or whatever, people respect principles and people respect boundaries. And if you're respectful about that, and if you're upfront about it, then you may not get certain jobs, you may not get certain promotions, but in the long term, people know who you are. And that goes a long way to, to getting you what you need. So I thought that was cool. Thanks. 
Um, Angela, your passion is for children's programming and you've built your career on that through the years. Do you see a future for Hollywood resumes to provide resources for younger clientele, for high school students who are learning how to tap into the industry or anything like that? We've talked about it a bit and, you know, I think, you know, offering something like, uh, you know, college admissions essays and things like that might be an area that we explore. We offer personal uh, personal statement feedback as one of our services, mostly targeted at people trying to get into professional development programs or grad school, um, because those are a little bit less creative. But, you know, it's something we could potentially do. It might be a sister business, because I don't think people are Googling Hollywood resumes to find you know, help with their job, I mean, their college applications. Um, I also think it would be really cool at some point to kind of volunteer for, you know, to go speak at, you know, low-income high schools or something like that about the entertainment industry and give advice that way. I think that might be a really interesting, you know, way for us to give back to the community. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, what's the biggest piece of advice you could give someone who's being interviewed for a job? This is for either one of you or both of you. Uh, research the company beforehand is a that's really key. Um, you need to know what the job is, what the company does. The you need to understand the person that you're interviewing. Check them out on LinkedIn. Figure out you know what the role really is, and then also practice basic interview questions. Most interviews have the same general questions, and if you come in unprepared or not expecting a certain question, it's going to show that you know, you're not really the type of person who generally prepares. Most most hiring managers look at a candidate and say, the most effort you're going to put into anything is to get this job. So I can only expect less than that once you have the job. If you don't put in that effort before an interview, they're going to assume that you're not going to put in the effort when you're like six months into the job and you've had a rough day and maybe, you know, you're a little bored with it. How can they expect that, that level of commitment? So if you, if you show that you've really taken the time and that you've really prioritized this, that that sends a, a huge message to the interviewer. It really sends a message that you want that job, that you're really excited about that job, you're enthusiastic about that job, and that's really, really important and goes a long way. Um, you know, if you can talk about shows that are on that network's, you know, slate, or, you know, projects that that company is working on that you're excited about, it shows you've done your research, that you, you're you willing to take the time and you're excited about it and you really care. Yeah. Um, what's the most common mistake you see people making when they're interviewing for a job or developing their resume or any, any part along that process? So the, our biggest piece of advice when creating a resume is that your resume needs to tell a story. So everything should have a beginning, middle and end, very clear, showing your career trajectory and why it makes sense for that person to hire you. And the same thing goes in an interview, you know, so in a resume, you want a really clear format that's easy to read. In an interview, if you ramble on and on and don't make any sense, they're not going to be able to understand your story and want to hire you. So it's kind of the same for both. It's just creating this really consistent message across all of your materials of why you're right for the job. You, you want to make sure you're adding context. So in a resume, if you don't contextualize what the company is or include some level of achievements, then you're just kind of listing a job posting back at someone and not showing what you bring to the table or how you've done it. And the same in an interview, if someone asks you, you know, what's your biggest strength and you just say, I'm organized and you don't tell them what you did in your past that makes you know that you're organized, then they have no context for believing you. 
Um, so it's really important to add color to the story that you're telling and, and make it clear that you know, how you got the skills you had and, and how you use them. Do you, when it comes to recommend to res, when it comes to resumes, do you recommend one pages or two pages? Most of the time, one page. If you're a really high level executive, then two pages is fine. If you've had you know 20 years of experience that you have to get across, but you just have to remember that people read your resume at a glance. Most people aren't digging into the bullet points; they're just scanning your job titles. So the less information that you have on the page, the better, because they're more likely to read more of it. Um, a lot of your your niche is in the entertainment industry in California. Have you had clients from other places throughout the United States and in other industries? We have. We've had clients from all over. We've recently been getting quite a few clients from Australia. Not really sure why, but I think a lot of Australians in entertainment want to move to LA. So that's been something recent. But we, we do. We get them from all over. Um and also in other industries as well, a lot of it comes from referrals from friends and family members. So my family works in oil and gas. So we've done a few oil and gas resumes, which has been quite challenging, but we figure it out at the end of the day. It's again about telling the story, looking at the job posting, seeing what that employer is looking for, and then you know making the resume match. Have you ever, this isn't one of the questions I sent you, but I just was curious. Have you ever seen someone who you've helped? Obviously, this is like Hollywood resumes. So have you ever seen anyone make it or anyone anyone make it big or anyone have a ton of success? Or I know you've just been around since 2016, so maybe that's not enough time. But have you ever seen anyone land any big parts or land any big jobs or anything like that? It depends on how you define that. I mean, we it's kind of up to our clients to how much they want to communicate with us after you know they they have finished working with us but we do get emails quite frequently saying oh my gosh i just got this job at x y or z company i'm so excited about it thank you i would i would never have even gotten an interview until i had this resume we had one guy write back that he had gotten 70% more job interviews since we did his resume i don't know how he calculated that but that seems like a pretty good statistic. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah. I mean, it's it's um, it's less about you know big names, and it's more about people getting the jobs that they're really excited about and passionate about, and that's what we care about most. Yeah, sure. Uh, what's your long term goal for Hollywood resumes? We want to expand um, to include more career services. We want to start doing career coaching, which we've been doing on kind of a beta basis, but we definitely want to build out that business. Um, we'd love to offer more classes and workshops and help people throughout all phases of their careers, um, just so that it's not about just getting that initial job, but how do you perform well at your current job? How do you take your career to the next level, maybe within a company um, and expanding within that? Yeah, we, we basically want to be kind of a destination for job seekers and just for people who are trying to succeed in their careers so we can offer as many kinds of services as we possibly have time for. And is this something that you hope to someday this would be your full-time job or do you all want to stay? Do you want to have this as a, as a side thing to where you're able to still pursue your career and you have this on the side as well to help other people? 
I think we're kind of open to seeing how it goes at this point. Um, you know, to expand really big, I, I think we're going to have to expand as a company eventually, you know, have employees. And right now it's just the two of us. There is definitely something to be said for the fact that both of us work in the industry and are able to keep up with trends because of that and have, you know, strong networks and, and everything. But at the same time, it is a lot of work. So, at, you know, at some point, maybe it does become a full-time thing. So we're kind of feeling it out, seeing how it goes. We never imagined it would be as big as it is already. Um, so, you know, we're just continuing on with what we can do every day. Yeah. Do you ever help people on the other side of the table? Do you ever help businesses as they prepare to interview candidates and help them along that side of the process? Or do you just mainly focus on the interviewees? We haven't yet, but it's definitely something that we've talked about. Um, one of the things that, one, one of the messages we really want to get out there is that non-traditional candidates can sometimes be really fantastic. We've worked with a lot of clients who, when you talk to them, when you hear their passion, when you hear their story, um, you, you can see that they're going to bring a lot to the table, but their resumes are maybe a little bit different because they've been a stay-at-home mom for 10 years or they're coming from a different industry. So we've, we've looked at, at how those different people might really be able to add value to a company. And I think one of the things we'd love to do is get more companies to start considering candidates like that and maybe working with them to help them understand that a resume is, you know, a piece of the story, but it, it's, there's a lot of transferable skills that people should be considering beyond what they currently are. It's kind of funny because in our, you know, in my full-time job, when I'm hiring people, I'm very forgiving of bad resumes, mostly because I realize that most people just don't know how to write them. And I think Cindy and I are able to kind of see through that and realize what they may be getting at or that there might be something deeper in a certain section of the resume that if we just asked them about it, they would be able to tell us. But um, yeah, it's, it's, you know, not everyone has the time to do that or is willing to look beyond just a piece of paper that's not well written. The right. other thing that we've that we've seen a lot is that people want to learn and they want to grow. So someone who's been doing the exact same thing for the last five or seven years doesn't necessarily want to do it for the next five or seven years. But companies are trying to hire people who can just start like that. Uh, but those people aren't going to have the same passion as someone who might be a little bit new for. So there's value for a company to consider um, hiring someone that might be excited and have those skills that they can transfer as opposed to someone who's, you know, just going to do it again because they've done it before and they don't have that new energy. So I, I think at some point we'd love to consult with businesses on, on that side, but we don't have a, a path yet as to how to do that. Sure. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm very I'm passionate about that because obviously I'm in advertising, but I started my career as a teacher um, and that was a, a, a matter of circumstances, not out of desire. I, I graduated in 2008, so the economy was terrible and nobody was hiring. And so I was substitute teaching and et cetera. And so then after I taught for two years, I tried to get a job. And a lot of advertising agencies wouldn't even give me an interview because I had no experience. But here I was, a 26-year-old who should have already had two to three years experience in an advertising agency. And so it took that one agency the one agency I actually went to work for because they were the only one who would see me, um, who was able to look past 
what I had done before or to see how I can, I think you said, you know, there's a lot of skills that are transferable um, and to be able to see that. And so I, I apply that, apply that to the, the job I was applying for. And so I'm, I'm a big um, advocate for non-traditional career paths. I think we're going to see more of that. Um, you know, I also graduated in 2008 and it was crazy. I was told uh, by my college career center to get a job at Starbucks and wait it out. Um, and it Yikes. probably would have been the right idea at the time, but you know, that's not why you get a four year degree. And I think now we're in a very similar time magnified significantly worse, but I think a lot of people are going to be taking jobs in, you know, essential services that are open, that are hiring, that might not be where they actually want to go. And so I think, you know, three, four years from now, and hopefully everything's a little bit more stable and recovered. People are going to have to be a little bit more open-minded um, and take more chances the same way that, you know, we kind of lived through in 2008, 2009, uh, but on a, on a more massive scale, because it's not just recent graduates who, you know, don't know where they're going right. at this point. So many people um, lost their jobs and, and don't have a prospect. Yeah, what's going to be interesting to see, I know we talked about this a little bit at the beginning of, of the interview, but it's going to be, we're all, it is different than in 2008 and 2009 because we're all in the same boat right now. Everyone was affected by this. And so on the one hand, there's, a, there's some pros to that because everyone, you don't have to start the conversation by saying, hey, I can't find a job. Like everyone knows we're all in the same situation. But on the other hand, I think it is going to be, difficult to navigate that. So again, I'm, I'm interested to see how things shake out on this side of the, hopefully we're on the tail end of this, but I'm, I'm interested to see how it, how it goes. Um, what's the coolest opportunity you've had that you've gotten through Hollywood resumes? What's really exciting for us is when uh, various organizations reach out for speaking engagements. We love doing podcasts like these. Um, recently, the Producers Guild of America, which is one of the you know biggest organizations in the industry, has reached out to us, and we've done a panel and a webinar for them, and have also written some stuff for them as well. So that's been a really cool partnership. For me personally, I uh, I got to go speak at Duke last year. They flew me out to for their uh, media and arts weekend, and I did a panel. And I also was uh, I did a workshop as an they called it an expert in residence. So I felt really cool about that. So that was my alma mater. So that was a lot of fun going back and giving back to those students as well. I think in addition to those professional opportunities that are really cool for our business, um, I've personally loved connecting with some of our clients and hearing their stories um, and just learning about a lot of different things in the industry that I didn't necessarily know about before. We've done a lot of uh, technical resumes for people. So we're learning a lot about sides of the industry that we just don't have experience in, like localization and editing and all sorts of post-production that's just not our forte um, as well as some like more deep stories where people really share their career trajectories and, and learning how to open ourselves up to hearing people's uh, struggles and getting them through it and being a part of someone's journey to to get them the job that they want after potentially a really difficult circumstance that's been really rewarding in a in a personal way yeah, I used a, a resume writing service. Y'all weren't around, and I'm not in <laughs> the industry, but um, I used a, a service when I was first getting started and in, in my career. 
And it, it kind of was like a little mini therapy session. Like there were things that, that I was like, you know, I, I don't have experience in advertising. They're not going to give me a job. And as we started to talk about what I did as a teacher, they were like, no, that you can apply that this way and we can use this in your resume and we can highlight this. And so it kind of is a little bit of self-validation that like, yeah, I didn't just waste two years of my life. And so it's, it's a, I think it's a cool service that you provide on the surface and just at, at a deeper level. I think that would be really fulfilling. We do get a lot of people telling us that it feels like therapy after our consultation calls and people don't realize all of the things that they've done until we start really talking it through with them. So it's, it's really nice. It feels good to be able to help people understand their value. Yeah. When, when you've been looking for a job for a while and you're hearing a lot of no, 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 you start to internalize that and think, okay, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I don't really have these skills. And then when we get on the phone with someone who's in that frame of mind and we ask them to share an achievement or to dig into their experience and talk about it in a, in a safe space where they're not being judged about it, all these things come out. And um, it's really great to see them take ownership of, of their skills and who they are and sometimes even share really complicated stories like their career was going great and then a relative got sick and they had to put everything on pause and now no one's going to listen to them because they've been out of the industry for two years or mm -hmm. their reference was someone who's abusive and now they are terrified to apply for a job because they can't list a reference and what do they do? And so just be on the other side of that and say like, you're going to be okay. Um, the world is opening up to understanding these different circumstances and you are still worthy being able to say that to someone has been one of the best things for me. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, I think a, a lot of it, a lot of finding a job or, or finding, you know, a new career, a lot of that is just being, being adamant, being prepared, and then just willing it into existence. One of the things I, I heard you say, Angela, on another podcast was you really wanted to work. There were two places you wanted to work. And so every time you would network with someone, every time you'd go get drinks, every time you would go get dinner, you would say, hey, this is what I want to do with my career. What do you want to get for a drink? You know, and like, <laughs> and so I, I, that's so smart. I never thought about that before. Just sit, telling people like being upfront with, hey, I want to work here and if you know someone great and if not let's go get a drink you know and i think that that's that's so smart to do just putting that out in the universe and having people help you you know it's kind of the only way especially in hollywood where everything is filled through referrals it's all about who you know how can you get into a company through a person through a direct referral so yeah i mean you have to kind of just tell everybody this is what i want Proving that you want the job is half the battle of getting it. Sure. Yeah. Uh, what's one thing that y'all wish you would have known when you first got started in the industry? I would say, you know, one of my biggest pieces of advice is that you can get and you do deserve the jobs that you want. And in entertainment, everyone will tell you it's too hard don't try. You should be a receptionist. You're not going to be able to get an assistant position. You're not going to be able to do this. It's too hard to start at a network. It's too hard to do that. You're not good enough. And that's just absolutely silly and ridiculous. The jobs, at the, especially at the beginning of breaking into entertainment, are quite simple. They're, they're not easy from a mental perspective in terms of maybe an emotional mental perspective, but 
um, they're answering phones and scheduling meetings and you know, you're perfectly capable of doing that. You just have to remind yourself that you are and keep trying until you get that, the job that you want, because everyone's going to tell you that you can't, but you can. And so why not? Why not try for the things that you want? Yeah. You don't have to always start over. We get a lot of clients who are, did something for a while in their career looking to transition and the advice they're getting is well you're starting in a different part of the industry now uh you have to start as an assistant and it's like you really don't you really don't have to reinvent yourself um start you know if you, if you don't get the right job from the get-go you don't have to uh constantly reinvent yourself you can just take that experience and move to somewhere else that that will respect it, that will value it. Um, this idea that people have to keep themselves down because they didn't do it exactly the way that someone else did it, um, that's silly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, well, if someone wants to get a hold of you, if someone wants to use your services, what's the best way they can find you? Our website is www.hollywood-resumes.com. So that would be the best way. All of our services are listed there. You can sign up for our free weekly career tips newsletter that has advice on everything from resumes to cover letters to networking to how to deal with a difficult boss, all of it. Um, and follow us on Facebook and we're on LinkedIn as well. And that's probably the best way. Okay. Well, y'all, thank you so much for being on this podcast today. I learned a lot. Hopefully y'all had a good time. Um, I think a lot of what y'all do is, is applicable across any sort of industry, any sort of geographical area. And so I, I really appreciate y'all coming on this podcast and um, I wish y'all the best of luck with Hollywood resumes. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks so much for having us. It was great. Yeah, of course. Uh, all right. Well, this is Mark Pereira. This is the Houston Rallies podcast. Um, thank you for tuning in. Uh, new episodes come out on Tuesdays. And you can hear us, obviously, if you're listening right now, you know this, but um, on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Are you a local small business owner looking for some help connecting with potential customers? Is there a specific topic you'd love to hear more about? Visit our website at HoustonRallies.com and click Join the Movement. Fill out the form. We'd love to hear from you. We invite you to subscribe to this podcast and your favorite podcast platform. Thanks for listening. And remember, we are strong, we are resilient. We are Houston.